welcome back to Decub, the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Sabrina. You all know the drill. Each week we rewatch a Disney Channel original movie, we talk about it a little, and then we try to put it on a ranking. This week, we're watching the 1999 horror thriller, Smart House. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, hit us with that summary. When 13-year-old Ben Cooper wins a tricked-out smart house, he soon discovers that artificial intelligence isn't all that it seems. No, it's terrifying. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) So I obviously have some very specific memories about this movie. It sounds Um, traumatic, actually. (laughs) It it was. It absolutely was. And it still is. But (laughs) I want to hear... I want to hear what you remember of this movie. So I don't... I have a few memories of this movie. I've definitely watched it more than once in my childhood. I remember that it was scary. And I specifically remember the shot of Pat circling around like a hurricane. Oh, yeah. I think they use that in the ads a lot, but the that is very burned into my head for this. And that's kind of like the only memories I had of it. I kind of remembered the general plot. There's a house, it's smart, and then it's evil. Yeah. <laughs> about right. So, yep. Yeah. What about you? Well, <laughs> I remember this movie absolutely scaring the crap out of me as a kid. Like this is honestly one of my worst nightmares because I I remembered pretty much like a a house run by AI and specifically the house holding the family hostage. And that that's been my memory of this movie since childhood. And honestly, (laughs) watching it back now, still terrified. Still one of my worst nightmares. Like my home is my safe place. If it held me hostage, no, absolutely not. I'm glad we finally found a movie that scared you because mine was Twitches. (laughs) And yours is Smart House, which isn't supposed to be. I mean, I guess it is supposed to be scary, but. Okay, Pat gets violent. This AI mm. gets violent towards children. Pat? Oh my God. No, there is a point where Pat goes all Willy Wonka and just starts murking children. I, (laughs) I was thrown for a loop. No, I was truly shocked at how violent she became, especially around the children. I was like, is this allowed? Toward the children. Right. She shot lightning at a child. (laughs) I just, I still, I can't fathom what they were thinking during this movie. (laughs) My jaw was on the floor when she tried to kill a child. I know. It was so crazy. I literally, I think I like jumped back in my seat because I was, I did not remember that. I didn't But then either. I was like, did she just shoot lightning at this child? <laughs> she did. She 100% did. So before we jump into everything, let's do our, you know, our writer director. First of all, this movie has a 53% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how I feel about that, but I guess we'll, we'll find our way. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm honestly a little confused on how I feel about this movie. Yeah, we can talk. We'll we'll definitely get into that. The movie was written by William Hudson and Stu Kreiger. William Hudson, this was the only thing on his IMDb. But Stu Kreiger, we know and love from Xenon, Phantom of the Megaplex, etc., etc., etc. This is the biggest thing that kind of knocked my socks off. This movie was directed by LeVar Burton. Hold on. Yes, that LeVar Burton, the one you are thinking of, of Star Trek and Reading Rainbow. Yes, <laughs> LeVar Burton. I, speechless. That's, that's where <laughs> I got. <laughs> yeah, America's Treasure, LeVar Burton directed Smart House. And he he dabbles in directing. He has a few like maybe like two other movies on his credits, not ones I really recognized. And he does a lot of like directing spots on TV shows here and there. But the biggest credit I directing credit I saw was Smart House. That is wild. It really is. Like throughout the movie, I was just like, LeVar Burton did this, huh? 
<laughs> I don't know how I didn't catch that. I guess I just like wasn't paying, paying attention. attention. Yeah. But wow, that is honestly incredible. Yeah, it really is. It makes me like this movie 10 times more. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it. What did you like about this movie? Okay, so I think one of my biggest likes, which we talked about before, is that these kids looked like kids. They looked like yes, normal they kids. Did. And I mean, there were there were some of them where it was kind of like, oh, they're acting. You can tell these are just kind of normal kids that they thrust into this movie. But I really loved that it felt very much like 90s, yeah. young, like kind of middle school age kids throughout yeah. the whole thing. I loved the kids. I thought overall the casting was great in this movie for the main roles. Agreed. For everybody else, mm. well, we'll talk about that in the negatives. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the kids, the dad, Sarah, the woman who created the smart house, and Pat. The act. Let's talk about the acting performances of these individual characters. The kids, I thought they were great. I agree. Ben I and Angie. Agree. They Angie was so cute. She was like the perfect age. She was just precocious enough, but she was still cute. I liked her a lot. And I thought Ben did a good job. It, that's the same guy from Luck of, Luck the, of the, Irish. the Irish, right? Yeah. I yeah. didn't realize that. I was watching it and I was like, what do I know him from? And then it hit me. Yeah. And there were just some really great scenes that I put in my likes specifically for Ben. So the scene where Ben was watching home videos of his mom. Yeah. Would that, can you explain that scene for the viewers or the, oh, the so, listeners? The, so so a uh, major point in this movie is that Ben and Angie lost their mom. And so to Ben, it's very important that no one replaces his mom. And so there's a scene where he's watching home videos in the smart house of his mom and it just shows him getting emotional and crying and to see because he's he's kind of uptight about it throughout Very. most of the movie and Very. seeing him kind of release and have an emotional moment <laughs> and seeing how much he's connected to his mom it like it plucked at my little heartstrings. It was Sabrina. So you sweet. talking about that right now is making me tear up. <laughs> <laughs> like you just describing the moment, I like a catch in my throat has occurred. It was. It, it was, was such so a sweet good. scene. It really was. Like it was so well. Good job, Lavar Burton. Some yes. claps for Lavar Burton. He directed that scene so well, and that child actor. He did it so well. Yes. It really pulled on the heartstrings. Another scene where I cried. I like, we need to make a list of all the decoms that we actually cry in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think it's just been like twitches and this so far, but I cried in the scene towards the end where Ben and his dad are having their like come to Jesus moment about like Ben is upset because his dad is dating Sarah and he thinks his dad is replacing his mom and Ben is being a little bit of a crapper to Sarah very rude (laughs) and his dad I loved this scene so much because I felt like his dad it did feel like a very 90s dad where he is kind of like being very stern he is yelling at but he still he at the same time he's understanding where he's coming from and he's explaining like I know that it's really hard for you to lose your mom and you're a kid, but you have to realize that you're not the only person who lost somebody, you know, like I lost my best friend and I'm not trying to replace her. And I know that you're going through all of these big emotions, but that does not give you the, (laughs) that does not give you the right to be an asshole to people. Yeah. He didn't say asshole. (laughs) This is a but, decom, but yeah, like it doesn't give you a right to be rude to other people. And he was like, I raised you better than that. And yeah. it was such a good scene. It really was. It was honestly, I think that was my favorite scene of the whole movie. Yeah, and me too. It, because it was really like the most real scene. Yeah. Honestly, um, it might be one of my favorite scenes 
out of any movie we've watched. I I honestly agree. That scene sticks out in my mind and it really it really really got me while yeah. watching it. I also I loved seeing this like a very vulnerable father-son moment. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. And I honestly so speaking of the dad and Sarah, I thought they were cute together. I, I liked do. their relationship. I thought that was like and it was nicely done where it was kind of slow and they got into it very naturally it wasn't like just they were thrown together it made sense yeah now i will say so (laughs) the dad decided to look at the smart house because when he looked at the paper he saw a picture of sarah and i was (laughs) like just a tad thirsty mr cooper Maybe we I mean, can pump the brakes on that. <laughs> I mean, the opening, like, isn't it the opening scene where Ben answers the phone and there, or like looks at the messages on the phone and this woman calls his dad back for a date and he said, nope, I'm not giving him that yeah. message. So like, Mr. Cooper's getting out on the town. He's getting He's trying. dates. Also, you know? I, we have to say it. Mr. Cooper's hot. <laughs> him and Sarah are hot. Let's I know, but like, I, of the of the decom dads we've encountered thus far, Mr. Cooper's the hottest dad. <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred and ten percent agree. Um, in, think- in in physicality, in looks, but also in energy. <laughs> uh, I feel it. I get it. No, my my first two notes, or like my first notes about Sarah and the dad, are that they were hot. Like yes, they're very like hot. just off the bat. It's <laughs> a hot couple. <laughs> true and she's <laughs> smart the total package <laughs> oh absolutely going back to ben though where you were saying that ben like didn't pass on the message of this woman that was trying to date his dad i loved ben and i thought that he like those first scenes we see of him i was like this kid is so helpful he's such a good brother he's helping his little sister with her spelling words uh, honest to god it Ben would be the ideal perfect child if he wasn't such a cock block. Honestly. And <laughs> and that's the thing. I there was a moment, I think it was like towards the middle of the movie, where you really see Ben getting frustrated with his dad, you know, yeah. talking to Sarah and stuff like that. And he he has this moment where he's talking about all the stuff that he does for the family and that they don't need a mom, you know, like he's fine. He's got it. And there was just like a moment where I was like, I understand where he's coming from, but also no one asked him to take on the responsibility. Yeah. But I see like where in his mind, he's like, if I do it all, we don't need. Yeah. The mom. You know what? That is something I wrote down that I really loved about this movie is I love that they had the oldest son feeling the need to take on the maternal role. And he was doing all of these things like cooking and cleaning and helping his little sister and like doing things for his dad's like Ben packed the lunches every morning. And I just thought it was very interesting, especially for 1999 for them to have uh, a young boy feeling this need to try to like do all these maternal things. Usually I feel like the trope is like, the oldest daughter is the one who feels like they have to take care of everybody. And I, I loved that it was this teenage boy. I I agree. And I think it was very well done because they they filled out his like his personality and his like I guess his storyline throughout this, his arc, especially yeah. being surrounded by not replacing his mother. That was that was his yeah. big goal. Yeah, but I was also going to say, but he still felt like a kid. Like he had all this right. responsibility and he knew he did because he put it on himself, but he didn't feel like a tiny adult. You got to see like, yeah. oh, he loves basketball. He he just wants to do boy band choreography with his friends. Stop. Honestly, what that was one of my favorite scenes when they knew the choreography to this boy band's music and they were just going. They were I... in it. They were having a great time. I don't remember that scene at all. Me neither. If you didn't rewatch the movie, there's a scene where Pat, the smart house, throws a party for Ben. Um, And Ben's friends come over 
And it's him and his two little nerdy friends. And they put up like like a Backstreet Boys in sync esque band on the screen. And they're like doing like an MTV music video dance. And Ben and his friends start doing the choreography flawlessly. Incredible. Like, honestly, like they had rehearsed. Like they really had this. It was down. sick, but they made it look like it was all impromptu. I was like, wow, there's wow. <laughs> Honestly, it was it, one of my was, favorite moments that I wasn't it was expecting. So, it was so casual. <laughs> I I reveled in that. Also, speaking of the party, one thing that I loved was that Angie was the bouncer. Yes. I loved her energy as the bouncer. Was she was so, so good. So good. So um, funny. Also, another moment with Angie, which is kind of similar to the boy band moment, which was when they first get into the smart house and she's singing it and jumping on her bed with like girl group music, like video, spice, like girls. spice girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, playing on her wall. And I was like, honestly, I, that's exactly what I would have done the first night. Yeah. The smart house. That oh, it's incredible. Yeah. And it was such a cute little moment that I honestly wasn't expecting to get a lot of like solo Angie moments yeah. like that and I because loved it, it. It felt like it was going to be around Ben, but then they really brought Angie into it, and I was very happy that they did. Yes, and I loved Angie. She was Me great. Too. Yeah, she was so good, so cute. I feel like we have to talk about Pat and the yes. bone chilling performance given by Katie Seagal. Is that her name? Kathy yeah. Seagal. Katie. Katie Seagal. Katie Seagal. Oh my she goodness! Incredible. So. Good. I I loved her. we <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, terrifying. And that's what I wrote. Like, especially her when she's the projection of when she Pat. materializes. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I never want to see that woman in my home <laughs> ever. <laughs> she's going to be your new, like, sleep paralysis demon. Honestly. <laughs> Pat from Smart House. <laughs> but she she killed that role. Absolutely. She did so good. I, I do want to say, though, like when Pat materializes and she comes into Ben's room, Ben was not scared enough. I agree. I <laughs> At think once, once she materializes, I feel like no one reacted the way they should have. Like, everyone no. was just a little too calm and normal like they, around they her. They were alarmed, but not enough. I'm yeah. In my house, astral projected, I would shit on the floor. <laughs> I, I would move I immediately. Would, I, well, you can't move because at that point it's too late. But, like, if you saw an astral projection of your house, I would poop my pants. It is too much. <laughs> I completely agree. I honestly, when they had the attack of the killer oranges at the beginning, I would have moved out then. I would have been like, oh, I'm out. I'm not dealing with this malfunctioning smart house. It's going to kill me. Where? What? Where did all the oranges come from? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know, but there were so many. <laughs> there were so many oranges. Where did they come from? <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I, I don't know why they stayed. I don't understand. That was scary enough for me. Yeah. Also, going back to Pat astral projecting, if I was in a room and I saw a woman appear, my first thought, first of all, Ben knew it was Pat immediately. Right. If that happened to me, my first thought would be, oh, there's an intruder in my home. And then I would be like, this is a ghost. And then I would think my house astral projected. Right. I don't think that would be where my mind first went. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I like like you said, I would shit my pants on on contact with this person. <laughs> I would be like, no, absolutely not. Can't do this. Gotta go. Like, and I, I, I would also, I would pee, and then the house's absorbent floors would just suck the pee right down into it. <laughs> Exactly. And honestly, <laughs> plus her in like this little 50s housewife outfit, which honestly, honestly, outfit was cute. Um, cute. But, it was but cute. <laughs> I I was like, 
Um, it was giving lobotomy. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> it was so scary. <laughs> and she was just a little too, like, perfect, too. Mm-hmm. And that made me even more scared. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. also, she knows everything about everyone in this home. I know. I she mean, took their they blood. T- they she took, took their blood, blood samples. <laughs> <laughs> I, when, when they said that, when Sarah was like, oh, yeah, she takes blood samples and fingerprints, so she knows I'm everything out. about you. I I'm said, out. no, my parents wouldn't even let me do a fingerprint to get my lunch at school. <laughs> I would not <laughs> let a home take my blood. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> not doing it okay i think i think it's time to transition into negatives so uh i would like to start off by saying the cgi in this film woof no so bad (laughs) oh my word it is awful the green screen walls especially were horrible over like overutilized well, overutilized, and also, it's so apparent <laughs> that yeah. it's a green screen, so poorly hidden. <laughs> yeah, I, I but, couldn't get past it. But not even just like the green screens, like the Pat's CGI robot arm. Oh, the Inspector Gadget, like yeah, long go, go robot gadget. arm. <laughs> she said, "Go, go, gadget, retrieve paper." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was like, what is this? And when when the arm starts like pushing people out and it's like obviously not anywhere near the person. Yeah, it's it was not good. And then that like projected skull. That was weird and unnecessary. So speaking (laughs) speaking on that, that was during the scene where she was uh, throwing lightning at a child. Who yeah. the child was the bully, the bully Ben, worst bully I think I've ever the seen in worst. a movie. He was so the least, bad. He was the least intimidating human, and the most scary thing about him is his greasy spiked <laughs> hair. His hair, and I that's was it. Say that. His hair, and then his friend has some like weird dyed hair. He has like a lackey, which I it wasn't clear if like. The bully's sidekick was like maybe his little cousin, his best friend, perhaps his lover. I don't know. <laughs> Unclear. <Who knows? laughs> Were they Unclear. needed? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. You know, I no, I think we could have I'm not mad at the inclusion of a bully character. I'm mad at the casting choice. They should have bullied the bully. <laughs> Honestly. I also, didn't believe that that bully could could throw a punch to give Ben a black eye. Right. And I just, I wasn't intimidated or I didn't believe him as a bully at all. I'm like, why would they be scared of him? Yeah. He seems like he could do nothing to you. While we're talking smack on child actors, (laughs) 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 which by the way, they're adults now, so it's fine. Um, You did your best, but (laughs) the girl, the girl. Is that her name, Gwen? Yeah. The girl that Ben has a crush on. She is she made me uncomfortable throughout the whole movie. She's not in it very much, but like she was just she just was awful. <laughs> I literally the whole time she was on screen, I was just like shaking my head. I was like, there was, please stop. There was no chemistry between them. And I was just like, Ben. She's just using you for your smart house. Honestly, they all were. Everyone at the party. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Except his two homies. His right. two homies. Exactly. And I just, I could not get past how flat, flat. the bully and Gwen were. Yeah. Just very flat and boring, honestly. Like, I don't know. Maybe that was some producer's daughter. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, she was cute, so I guess she was I cute, get it. and she looked like a normal girl, like a she regular did. child. But acting uh, wise, I felt like they had better. cue cards behind the camera. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's the vibe. <laughs> also, while we're in the party scene, that dance train. <gasps> the. St- 
soul train kind of moment that the they tried to have train moment that was so painful. bad that was pain. uncomfortable it gave me pain i was like do i have appendicitis <laughs> or <laughs> is this movie just giving me physical pain no, I literally had my hand over my mouth <laughs> watching that entire scene because I was like, they did not just do this. No, and then Pat does this like party cleanup protocol, which side note, I need that. Oh Me my too. gosh. <laughs> Sabrina and I were roommates in college and we would throw the occasional house party banger and the cleanup after oh, all those parties the was the worst because people just leave their full drinks all over your house it would take like two full trash bags if i had party cleanup mode my life would be blissful <laughs> but i do have to ask how in the <laughs> hell does the floor absorb plates and cups <laughs> i i can buy liquids maybe even yeah. some like gelatinous foods however right. A plate and a cup? Does she just like melt them down into their mere atoms? I don't know. I don't get it. I was like, I wish I could throw everything on the floor and the floor just absorbed it like it did. But Truly I could not get behind Yeah, how they just like disintegrated, I guess, <laughs> cups and plates. Full into the solids. Floor. Yeah. But so they, she did the house party cleanup so that they could hide it from their dad that Pat threw them a house party, but their cover was blown because they left a jacket on the plant. It was Gwen's jacket. It was. And it was so lame because they could have easily covered that up. They could just be like, oh, a friend came over and left their jacket. Like they didn't have to be like, oh, or or Angie could be like, that's my jacket. Because Mr. Cooper doesn't seem like he really understands anything about his daughter. That's true. <laughs> Him trying to do pigtails on Angie was tragic. I mean, to, to to speak to his credit, she has very short hair. It would be very hard to do pigtails. No, that's However, true. It's just, it was it's still like sad. he wasn't trying. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like he lost all control of his fine motor skills. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mr. Cooper. But he's trying his best. Um, and he's hot, so we love him. <laughs> but there also is something that I'm interested to see if you caught. There were some, dare I say, sexist comments made by Mr. Cooper that I was like, um, I don't, we didn't need that. That wasn't, you shouldn't say that. Give some examples. Well, there was one when they were sitting at the table, I guess, having... It was like Cape Cod night or something. <laughs> they oh, were the all lobster, their lobster dinner. Yeah. You know, and, Pat with her lobster tank in wherever she holds the food. <laughs> right. And Ben gets upset and he leaves. And then his dad was like, I thought girls were the only one who had hormones and like. You know, I like, didn't hear and, that line. I don't remember yeah. that. And he was like, I never expected a boy to have you know, this kind of reaction. And I was like, where was he I? Has I, feelings. Don't, I don't, I don't remember that line. Yeah. It was like, right as he stormed out. And I was like, what? Huh. That's awful. And oh my God. I think, I think there were like one or two other lines, which I can't fully think of right now, but that was the one that really stuck out to me that I was like, mm, I didn't like that. No. <laughs> yeah. But I liked Mr. Cooper so much. I'm and, so sad. And that's the thing. I was like, throughout the whole movie, if they just cut those like two or three, three lines, lines I, he would be the best. Would, he would yeah. be the best decom dad. You know what? That's on you, Stu Krieger. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, think. I don't think Mr. Cooper would say stuff like that because that does sound out of character. Right. And the thing is, the whole Ben doing the work to like replace or to do the work of the mother figure. I was like, Oh wow. Like we were talking about before. I was like, Oh, this is nice to see, you know, a boy like taking on these responsibilities and it's not the yeah. stereotypical. And then there were just these few comments that I was like, 
It kind of undermines it. Yeah, I'm like, that's going against what you're trying to do here. And that, yeah. I don't like that. I feel like it seems like something like a network would be like, you need to add this, you know? Yeah. I don't yeah. think LeVar Burton would stand for that. But it was just, it was just some unfortunate things that I, I noticed that I was like, eh, I yeah. wish they didn't have that. Can I say, I have two big things that I really didn't like about this movie that I wish that they had done differently. One of them is actually not on the movie, but on the marketing of the movie. Okay. I hate that the ads and the poster give away the big reveal of Pat astral projecting. That could have been the biggest plot twist of all time. But they gave it away in all of the trailers and the ads. And she's even on the poster. Like, it, that is such a big, pivotal moment. And they, they just, like, they threw it away. I hated it. I, I wonder if it's because Katie Seagal was known and she had done some stuff before then. And so Probably. they were using her face for the marketing but i agree i think it would have been so much better had they left her off because looking at it you expect her to be in the whole movie yeah and she's she's barely in it her voice is in it the whole time but she's in like the last 10 minutes of the movie yeah i wish that's just like a marketing thing that i really hated that they gave away the end of the movie because that's the biggest part of the movie That's the big climax is that Pat has somehow learned to project a vision of herself. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. It takes away from the movie, unfortunately. It does. I also, I wish Pat had kind of gone off the rails a little sooner because it really was in like the last 11 minutes. And this is, this isn't like a thing they did wrong. This is a thing I would change if I had written this movie. And I'm interested to hear your opinion. Okay. I think that Pat should have materialized as their dead mother. Ooh. Don't you think that would be really interesting? That would be more terrifying. I know. And I kind (laughs) of hate it and also love it. And I only hate it because it's more terrifying. Yeah. Like, I think maybe, like, she materializes as Katie Seagal. But then once, like, she realizes that's not working... She could like go up to Ben and be like, Ben, you don't want to get rid of me. I can be anything you want. And then she like changes to be the vision of their dead mother. Okay. And start on. singing the Mockingbird song. I was just about to say that. When, yeah. when Pat was singing the Mockingbird song, that the, in the movie, the video that Ben watches of his mother, she's singing that song like, um, Hush, to Ben baby, and Andrew. Don't know where. Yeah. yeah. And then when Pat starts singing it, I hated it. I was like, oh my God, it, I don't like this. It's but like you it, hate it, but you love it. Like from right, a writing makes, standpoint, you're like, yes. But from a human standpoint, you're like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. Like I hated it because it was uncomfortable and that was yeah. the point. But if she like was singing that and then like turned into Dude. the mom, help. I would have been like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I know. And then like, like it shows her and then Angie doesn't remember her mom. So like, maybe that could give like something for Angie to do something. And then that gives something for Mr. Cooper too, because here's his dead wife. What would he do? I don't know. Oh my gosh. I just, I think that would, I I wish, I wish. (laughs) Honestly, if they remade Smart House, that would be great. Um, Hire me as the writer for the remake of Smart House. <laughs> yeah, and also, I I want this to be in the thriller genre. Yeah, like I want them to go full speed ahead in that genre because that's okay. how it feels. Even though I don't think that's what they were going for. Yeah, like that's like, the genre that, it feels. Take that go go gadget claw and like lock Sarah in the attic. I don't know. Yeah. Do some crazy stuff. <laughs> Yeah, the, it can it can go really bad really quick, and I yeah. want to see it. Yeah. And then my last big thing that I didn't like was I felt like the ending was very abrupt. Oh, completely agree. Very, completely very abrupt. Agree. Also, um, I hate that Pat is still in the screen. <laughs> yeah, I... So, Pat realizing that she can't really be their mother because she can't 
like physically touch them there yeah yeah like it was kind of weird and like you said abrupt now the moment where like she puts her hand through his face I liked that. that was that was pretty good special effects wise comparatively yeah. to everything else but the final picture of pat on the screen once everything is back to normal and everything's happy still terrifying yeah wasn't also, redeeming at all. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Also, they you're supposed to be led to believe that they got Pat under control because earlier in the movie, the reason Pat goes off the rails, I forgot this, is that Ben goes into like the mainframe and turns off safety protocols. Which how? How why, is that allowed? Why is that even an option in the programming to turn off the safety protocols? But, but he turns them off and then he makes her watch like 1950s mothers and he's like, be my mom now. And so then that's why Pat goes off the rails. So at the end, we're supposed to believe that Sarah was able to get safety protocols back on and Pat is under control and she can't like have sentience and make decisions without being told. But Mr. Cooper makes pancakes and then he discovers there are chocolate chips in the pancakes. And he's like, I didn't put these here. Did you? And they're like, oh, Pat did it. Pat was making a choice that was not asked of her. And it's that happen leads again. me. Yes. It's, it's going to be a sequel. And also speaking on the part that where Ben could turn off safety protocols. Who... Who programmed that she can override a complete shutdown? This, oh my gosh, this is, so I have a list of questions because this movie left me with many questions. And one of my biggest questions is, who programmed the option for a computer shutdown override? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, who thought that was a good idea ever? I, like I don't, why would you need that <laughs> what, and maybe maybe this is us coming at it from so like watching this as a kid you definitely won't think about all these things as and so like we have the layer of watching it as adults but also as adults of the 21st century and we're living in an age of heightened technology and so we're like that wouldn't just do that a program had to be made to allow this to happen which I don't know if maybe in 1999 that would be a thought that goes through people's heads. Yeah. But, like, I mean, they could have done it where Pat just gains sentience and then you aren't able to shut her down. Not have a yeah. programmed shutdown system override. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed so crazy. Which I was the like, moment we're talking about, the moment we're talking about is Pat is going crazy and she's being a mom, and Sarah comes in and shuts her down. She's like, we're just going to unplug her for the night and then reset her in the morning. So she turns Pat off, and then Pat awakens when she hears Mr. Cooper say, who needs Pat? And it goes into system shutdown override. <laughs> and the fact that she can still listen when she's shut down. Yeah, that was... Hoo, hoo, hoo. Yeah, I don't, don't like, like that. But also, <laughs> but also, like our phones are listening at all times. So that is true. I hate it. I hate it yeah. so much. Too kind of technical dislikes. Yeah, yeah. And then we up. can move into our questions. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So the, there were close-ups that were just too close, and would like cut off their face, and it happened you know multiple I, times. I realized what that is. I think I could be wrong. But in 1999, made-for-TV films were made for TV, obviously, and TVs were square. So we're watching a square on a TV that's now a rectangle, and a lot of them auto-zoom in so that you're not watching a square oh. with cut-off blank slots on the other side. So it was probably just over-zoomed in. Okay, because that that was something that I kept seeing, and I was like, I hate that. Like, it keeps cutting off their chin or like cutting yeah. off the top of their head. Yeah, so I think that that's makes a sense. setting. I think it's. I think there's a setting that maybe you can alter. I don't know, but that I I I caught that too, and I was like, oh, this is like because it was made for a square TV. You're right. I I didn't think about that. Also, 
the scoring was really weird. Like, they used, like, a Windows reboot sound as a reaction <laughs> sound. And that didn't make sense. There was also some carnival music at one point, and there was no carnival. So I just didn't quite understand where this scoring came from. Yeah. It it was just kind of all over the place. It wasn't super distracting, but there were just points where I was like, this doesn't feel right <laughs> for yeah. this movie. But nothing like super glaring. Yeah. It was just a little off. Yeah. Also, before we move on to our questions, I wanted to bring this up because it threw me back to early 2000s, 1999 time. The old tech in this movie, specifically, it is an entire plot point that Ben can't use the phone because he's on the internet Mm -hmm. because of dial up. And I loved that. That was that was what because it wasn't just like a one off like, hey, son, get off the computer. I need to use the phone. It was a plot point that they missed phone calls for smart house, that they missed the phone call that they won the smart house because Ben was on the internet. He left the internet running all night. Yeah. And yeah, that's like a nice like nostalgia moment. (laughs) Yeah, it really is like simpler times, more inconvenient times, but I miss it. I miss it every day. (laughs) I miss the dial-up noise, that jarring, horrible sound. (laughs) Oh, man. So do you want to... I want to hear some of your other questions, because I also have more questions about how how any of this worked. I want to make it clear. So these aren't exactly negatives for me. But they are questions that, if asked and answered, would rip this story apart. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of things that I feel like if I asked them, uh, somebody would be like, don't think about it. And I'll be like, "Okay." (laughs) but I, I was I'm made of questions right now. My first one, I guess, is Ben won this house in a contest. And it's supposedly it's free. They didn't have to pay for the house. Is what are they paying like a a property tax? Is there like a mortgage? Because like I don't because it reminds me of like Extreme Home Makeover, that show where they would like tear down people's houses and build really nice houses. And then I remember hearing that like, you know, they got this house for free, but a lot of those families had to sell the houses because they couldn't keep up with like property taxes. So that was a question I had. Also. They get this house for free, but are they paying, like, the electric bill that it would take to run a smart house of this caliber? That control room is insane. That, and and it's on 24-7. Also, can I ask a question? Speaking of control room, there's a control panel, I think, in, like, the living room that is covered by... A wallpaper? A That's wallpaper. a fire hazard. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like, think about that, but you're right. <laughs> I mean, that that was the first thing I wrote down. I was like, oh, fire hazard? This doesn't seem safe. <laughs> also, it has like built-in mouse holes for Sarah's rat. Yeah. <laughs> she built weird. those. Yeah, that was also weird. also Sarah was living in there. Where where did she go? She didn't I she probably had her own apartment. I don't think she was living there full time. It made it seem she? like she was. Oh, why I would didn't she have that. her pet rat there if she was not living she, in the home? She has a friend. She just wanted her friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask questions. So my next question is: the house cooks for you. Do you have to buy the groceries? Where does the food come from? Yeah, because and we we brought this up with the oranges. Because the it started shooting like at least two hundred oranges and, and an alarming amount of oranges, which also produce doesn't last that long. Is what? Where are the oranges coming from? Why are there so many? She's gonna have to throw them out. No one's no, gonna eat two hundred oranges before they go bad. And also, Sarah, at, when they're being held hostage, Sarah's outside and she was like, "Oh no!" Like Pat is stalked for months. She can hold them hostage for a long time. How? Where does the food come from? Who pays? Where is this all stored? And like, did are they paying for these groceries? Or 
does that is that something that comes with smart house where like the there's a fund that pays for your meals for the rest of your life because sign me up (laughs) Um, honestly but or maybe like maybe like the first two months they've stocked the food and then it's their responsibility to continue to stock it but like also pat can give you anything so she has like a whole trader joe's in her basement like yeah. I I also just like they have no explanation on where every single thing is held and or goes. Yeah. The when, food is my biggest problem with the movie. As a kid, I'd never thought about like where does the food come from? Who's paying for the food? But that yeah. is like such a big plot hole is where the lobsters. Does she have just a lobster tank in the basement? Yeah. Like, where is the food coming from? The food produce does not last that long. (laughs) It's all going to go bad. And then what do we do? Great question. I I love uh, I have some more questions, but I I know you have other questions. So what's some of yours? And then we can hop back to mine. My biggest one. we, We already talked about a lot of mine. I'm just talking about specific scenes. But my biggest one is why didn't the family have control over the AI in the control room in the first place? Like, if they're being given this house, why are they not shown how to control, reset, you know, do everything with Pat? You know, that's a good question. (laughs) Because you, you see Sarah get into the control room. And I'm like, it seems like the family didn't know there was a control room. And that's a little concerning. I guess, like, we're supposed to believe that Sarah has done Pat so well that there's no way that they will ever have a problem. And Sarah's just on standby the way you would have to call a plumber or an electrician, perhaps. But still, yes, I know it, have, that's that that's a lot to ask of us to believe. Yeah, it's like you have an entire giant control room and a control panel in the living room. I feel like you should know how to use some of it. Yeah. Like like if it shorts out like it did with the oranges, like you should be able to fix that, you know, like have some knowledge of how this house works, like, or at least explain to you because it Mm -hmm. really isn't. They're just like, Pat does everything and you don't need to worry. And it's not realistic. My question is referring to the scene where Pat shoots lightning at a miner. Why is there a program for Pat to shoot lightning? Why Where is that something she can do? Who thought that was a good idea? I I also am a little confused about so the 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 walls, right, are it's they can show video and stuff. But then there are points where it can have like wind and you can feel the mist of water and I'm like is this like a 4D house? Like I don't <laughs> Is that like a theater? I didn't worry too much about that one. I was like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm thinking like, is every wall in this house like that? And that's how she can shoot down lightning. Oh, but maybe. But I'm just like, why is lightning? I understand like mist and wind, but why lightning? Why do we, why was that programmed? What was Sarah thinking? I mean, if they programmed mist from in wind why not program lightning and thunder and why would you ever want lightning in your house i, I don't know never, i have never gotten home from a hard day at work and said you know what i would like an electrical storm <laughs> <laughs> in my home in my living room right now <laughs> like what <laughs> i don't know maybe it's in case if somebody dies they don't have to get defibrillators they can just like pat can zap them <laughs> <laughs> it's a Pat's safety a, thing. Pat's a registered nurse. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, terrifying. Uh, my last question is: so we're led to believe that this is after Pat takes over, and she's lo- ha- she's gotten the family in the house, and Sarah's outside the house trying to figure out how she can sneak in, and Ben and Sarah are able to communicate through IM. You're telling me. That Pat isn't reading Ben's IMs? He was in the bathroom where Sarah (gasps) said that they have no, like, it's privacy in the bathroom. 
He yeah, was in the but it's still, it's still like a computer because like Pat was able to override the dad's cell phone. Like, so I figured that she would still be connected to the internet. So like, she's not watching him in there, but she can still see his screen. I mean, maybe. I think they were trying to use the bathroom as like, this is the safe place that like you can do that, anything. Okay. But I that understand where sense. you're coming from. Yeah, that doesn't make more sense. Because when he was sitting in the bathtub, I was like, oh, okay. So it's playing on, they're safe yeah. in the bathrooms. I didn't think Which, of that. That, that makes more God. sense, I guess. I, I'm already... <laughs> like paranoid of bathrooms just because I feel like you can die in so many ways and you're so vulnerable <laughs> in bathrooms. But <laughs> I know it's a in weird what like, ways. In what ways are you going to die in the bathroom that you can't die in the hallway? You can drown. There's a lot of hard okay. surfaces that you can be either bludgeoned with or like banged into. You're, okay. If you're naked in the shower, you don't hear anything. I understand like the nakedness makes it more vulnerable. Yeah, it's just, it's something that has always been, yeah, <laughs> a, like, paranoia for me. But that was, like, the one part of it that I was like, oh, thank God. Like, she can't do anything in the Because <laughs> if there are My horror movies, place. <laughs> yeah, if there are horror movies that have bathroom scenes, I can't watch them. Like, if really, that, that's yeah, crazy. I have to have someone who's watched it before and tell me if there are bathroom scenes in it. I'll watch the rest of the movie. But the bathroom scenes, I cannot. That is wild. You're insane. <laughs> I know. I don't know why my brain is like this, but it is. So I was very um, pleasantly surprised that that was a safe place. Uh, in the smart it's comforting. Love it that. Is. <laughs> that is so funny. This is just a question I wanted to ask you. Would you want to live in a smart house? No. Hmm. Absolutely not. Our producer is nodding. That's his like dream. I would hate that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I would like to live in smart house. However, and this leads me to my next question I wanted to ask you. If you had to pick one aspect of Pat's smart house that you could have in yours, which one would you pick? Because I would want to have certain aspects. Yeah. Which So if you had to pick like one of her cool things that she does, which one would you Probably her making all the food. Because I feel Absolutely. like I... I love food and also yeah. the fact that I don't have to make it and they're like gourmet meals. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, if Pat pays for all my groceries, heck yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I would kill for that. Oh, yeah. I also like I the, the party cleanup feature. Amazing. The fact that she can like pick out your outfits for you. That would be nice. I, that would be I like I like to look cute, but I'm really bad at putting outfits together. That's just Me not too. a strong suit of mine. When I find an outfit that works, I will overwear it. <laughs> Me too. I literally like take pictures of outfits just so I remember how I put them together. Yeah. And so I can wear them later. <laughs> like those would be good. But like the the food, cooking the food, which I think it's funny because if you had asked us as kids, like which one we would want, I'm sure we would pick one of the fun ones. Like the walls can make me feel like I'm in Disney World. <laughs> I I definitely think I would pick like the walls being able to like play music videos and stuff. Yeah. Because I would be Angie. I would be I like know. singing and dancing in my room till all but, hours of the night. But now we're just jaded old farts and we're like, ah, <laughs> I just want dinner. <laughs> I don't want to cook. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. If that's everything, would you like to hear just a, a sprinkle of fun facts? Yeah, absolutely. So there aren't that many. It's hard to find a lot of fun facts through some of these older movies. However, I did find some, some juicy ones. My first fun fact. Brie Larson, a young Brie Larson, auditioned for the role of Angie, but didn't get it. Whoa. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Imagine. <laughs> How would our lives be different today if Brie Larson was Angie in Smart House? <laughs> Honestly, I would kill to see that. <laughs> I would, do, but I, you know what? There's a reason. She must have tanked her audition because this Angie was good. This Angie was good. I am not mad. At I'm not this either. Angie. Also, Brie Larson is in another decom as a young child. We'll have to watch it at some point. It's, uh, I think it's called Right on Track. It's like a racing one. I don't remember it, but I've, I've heard. 
Also, Stu Krieger, the writer of the movie, he went to the NASA Jet Propulsion Lab to research technology for this movie and for Xenon. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I would just love to go to that lab. It sounds really interesting. But yeah, yeah. he did his research. He put a lot of thought into this. And my last fun fact is that in 2015, Entertainment Weekly published an article where it ranked the top 30 DCOMs ever made. And they ranked Smart House as number one. That's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I, what are the other, what did you say, 30 movies? Yeah, I have not looked up the article. I meant to, but I've just, I've had a very busy week. I want to see what else is on it. I'd also love to know the age of the person who wrote the yeah. article. I feel like that does play a lot into it because I think this movie is good. I think. I don't know if I, I'd put it at number one. Yeah, I I feel like there's so many decoms that I would probably put above this. I'm I don't want to say so many. I feel like yeah. there are, are a decent amount. This one's not bad. No. I don't I don't know how I feel about it wholly. Well, we'll we'll talk more about this after you answer a burning question I have about where these actors are now. Oh, well, let me tell you. So, <laughs> first we have Ryan Merriman, who played Ben. Ah, so what a cutie. Began, truly. He began acting at the age of 10, and he okay. still continues to act today. Oh, good. He has over 60 acting credits on IMDb for both TV and film, including, as we talked about before, the decom classic Luck of the Irish. Can't wait for St. Paddy's <laughs> Day for us to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. I am so ready. He also had a 16-episode stint on the popular TV series Pretty Little Liars, oh. um, where he played Ian Thomas. Did you ever watch that show? I did for a bit, and I think I vaguely remember him. I never um, watched that show. One of my friends was really into it, so I watched it mm. with her. And then his most recent film is called Diamond Rose, which was released in March of this year. Hmm. And it looks as though he has two, possibly three, films Ooh. in post-production at the moment. So oh, we'll definitely be seeing more of him. Good. Um, and throughout his career, he has won six Young Artist Awards. That's awesome! Yeah. What for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that was stated. <laughs> well, good for Ryan. I think he was nominated for like eight and he won six of them. I think that's that what it said. Impressive. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. And moving on to our beloved Angie. The actress's name is Katie Volding. Hmm. She has only done a few TV movies and TV series since stepping out of the spotlight in 2009. Some of those include a 17-episode stint on the TV series Teen Angel, a movie trilogy, a TV movie trilogy, A Pair, A Pair 2, and A Pair 3, Adventures in Paradise. <laughs> and she was also in another DCOM called Brink, where she played Brink's little sister. Oh, huh. Yeah. I, I actually, I haven't seen Brink, but I want to. And I guess we will because we have a podcast. Right. <laughs> um, and a fun fact about uh, Katie Volding is that although she wasn't credited for it, she was Aha's girlfriend at the end of Little Rascals. Aw, I love Little Rascals. Me too. I watched that movie on repeat when I was younger. It's so good. Yeah. So good. So I guess it's time to give some final thoughts and then... Try to figure out where we're going to put this on the ranking. Yeah. So what are your final thoughts about Smart House? So I I really enjoyed watching this movie. And honestly, this is what I would watch again. Like if I if I had some friends over and we just were having like a chill time, maybe we were like having some beers or a cocktail and we wanted to watch a watch an easy movie, I would definitely be like, let's watch Smart House. Like, I, this is definitely one I think I want to come back to. 
I think it's a great movie with a lot of heart, but it really did leave me with a lot of questions that I I feel like when you watch a movie, you don't want to be left with like many questions. And I think the questions kind of tear a lot of holes in the plot for me specifically. Yeah. What about you? I agree. I think this, this is a movie that I would want to watch with other people to see their reactions to it. Yeah. Because like I said before, I don't really, I I don't know what genre <laughs> this movie, yeah. but I think it's a great movie. I think it's fun and it's interesting. And it has pretty like grounded plot within the family. I think Pat kind of overthrows that when she goes crazy. But I I did think the acting was well done. I liked a lot of the storyline. But the same as you, there are just so many questions. And I I think we have to remember this is 1999, you know. And we're not kids. I like like yeah. as a kid, I never would have asked any of these questions. Right. We're definitely seeing this from an adult lens where we're like a modern oh, what adult about- lens. Yeah, yeah, we're like, what about mortgage? What about groceries? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the I property was... tax, who's paying the electric bill? <laughs> exactly. But I think it's a fun movie. Is it terrifying to me? Absolutely. But would I watch it again? Probably. Yeah. So, so okay. For the ranking, I was thinking, and let me know if you agree with this. I think below Twitches. Okay, so for me, I think it's either below Twitches or below Read It and Weep. So it's around Read It and Weep. Okay, I'm glad. Okay, we're in the same ballpark. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think for me, because I'm still kind of up in the air on... I don't know if this is a good movie or not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think for me with Read and Weep, I was like, okay, this is a solid like middle of the road, like good movie. Yeah. And I I had that like solid feeling with that one. This one, I'm kind of like, I like this. I don't know. (laughs) For me, I'm leaning putting it above Read and Weep because, so I say below Twitches, And if we do put it below Twitches, that means it'll be number five on our ranking of eight movies so far. Below Twitches because it left me with so many questions. However, I think it has more heart than Read It and Weep. And we both said that that scene between Ben and his dad is one of the best scenes that we have seen in the whole catalog of everything we've watched so far. I just, I feel like if, if you remove the questions And also, even if we keep the questions, I think the movie has more heart than read it and weep because it did make me cry. Yeah, I I totally understand where you're coming from. And I agree. I think I was more connected to these characters, especially Mm -hmm. the family. And I think there was more to grab onto in this one than read it and weep. So... I'm petitioning to put it at number five above Read It and Weep. Okay. Can you can you agree with that? I think, okay, I think I can agree with that. Okay. Because I, I do think those, especially those two scenes with Ben watching the home videos and then the fight between him and his father, they just were so well done. Yeah. And that whole plot line of the, you know, deceased mother... And not trying to replace her was really like heart wrenching. And yeah, it was something that I think I think something that a lot of kids can relate to. Yeah. A great like theme for a children's movie. And I mean, we also said last week that I don't think we would rewatch Read and Weep, but we just said that we would rewatch Smart House. That's very true. So I I do think I can agree with you at going at number five under twitches yeah sounds good i i'm i'm happy that we landed there yeah. this was a really fun episode i i think this is the most fun i've had recording one so far yeah i think it was just we both i'm glad we were both kind of on the same page for this one because yeah. we both had so many questions but we also enjoyed it so much yeah it's it's uh don't ask questions kind of right, <laughs> right. even just though we watch asked it in- very many 
Yeah, just like watch it and let it happen. That's yeah. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> just let it happen. Uh, <laughs> so awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in again for another week of D Cup. Please join us back next week when we will be watching Full Court Miracle. Excited for that one. And yeah. Yeah, I honestly, for Full Court Miracle, I don't remember any of it. So I'm I very excited it. to go I, in. I do remember. I remember like the general plot of how it goes, but I don't remember specifics. See, I have no memory. And honestly, I'm wondering if I've ever seen Full Court Miracle. I feel like Ooh. I've maybe seen bits of it because when I see like the preview of it, like I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I kind of remember this. But well, like, I they don't... played it every year for Hanukkah. Right. And so I'm wondering if I've seen bits of it, but I've never seen the whole Maybe. movie. It could be. Like you've just seen, you've probably seen it all, but not all at the same time. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. That when it. you were a kid and you were trying to watch a DCOM that was on, like maybe it was on in the middle of the day and your mom was like, we have to go to the bank. And it's like, yeah. but I want to watch Full Court Miracle. And then you or, have to miss the ending. Yeah, or like you get on there and you see a movie that you've been wanting to watch, but it's already halfway through. And yeah. you're just like, oh, but I want to watch this. So then you watch it anyway. Yeah. And then you miss half the movie. Uh, I that I think that was like the plague of my life was <laughs> always jumping la- in, in the middle. Mine was just like, I'd have to leave because we'd have to run errands. The lack of control of a child is tragic. Tragic. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) So, Megan, where can our lovely listeners find you online? Well, as always, you can find us over on Instagram at Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod. Also, if you like us, you can rate us five stars and help other people find D-Cup. You could also leave us a review and let us know what DCOM you want to hear about next. Also, please leave us a review. We want to see your reviews. <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts. Please, please leave yeah. reviews. <laughs> we haven't gotten a review since like October 8th. Leave us a review. <laughs> Not to Tell be us aggressive. your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, only good reviews. If you have bad thoughts, keep them to yourself. Um, we don't need that negative energy. <laughs> no, ma'am. We uh, we release new episodes every Sunday. So until next time, thank you for tuning in. I'm Megan. And I'm Sabrina. And you've been listening to D-Cup. The Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. Dun, 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 dun.